Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go straight to the DriveHubler.com hotline and bring on Bill O'Reilly, author of the new book, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Bill, I believe I'm, I'm, I just got my hands on the book. I'm about halfway through chapter one, The King. Um, tell me about the book. Seems like this is kind of a little bit of a departure in terms of subject matter uh, as compared to some of your other uh, killing books. Certainly. Uh, this is the 12th killing book. Uh, it's about history, but it's cultural history, which is underreported in this country. So you're on the Elvis chapter. Yes. Uh, we feature John Lennon and Muhammad Ali. And the overarch is that if you are a celebrity, you are in danger, and even more so today. So let's just take Elvis for a minute. Post-World War II, 1950s, Dwight Eisenhower president, conformity across the land. Not a lot of dissent. People look the same, talk the same. Television just coming in. Everybody's kind of watching Milton Berle. You know, I'm taking you back in history now. All of a sudden, a young teenager from Tupelo, Mississippi, a truck driver, uh, appears on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was the most popular variety program in America. Within the space of seven minutes after he sings Hound Dog, mm -hmm. American culture changes. It explodes. Pastors say that Presley is Satan. Burn his records. Parents are yelling at their boys, you're not going to look like Elvis. You're not slicking your hair back. You're not going to wear the leather jacket. The whole culture is uprooted. Who wins? Elvis wins. The conformity of the 1950s declines dramatically, and the rebel movement, led by James Dean in the movies and Elvis Presley in music, rises. A tremendously important point in American history that is completely overlooked. Then you fast forward to 1964, the Beatles arrive. Between 64 and 69, American culture changes again. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Who's in the forefront? Lennon and McCartney and the Beatles driving that magical mystery tour, Sgt. Pepper. And then Muhammad Ali, next to Martin Luther King Jr., is the most dramatic civil rights figure on the planet. So I, as a historian, focus on those three. And what they have in common is two things. Number one, all of them were betrayed by people close to them. Number two, all of them were crushed by celebrity, and it led to their demise well i would say uh, maybe a third component too and i see this with a lot of rock and roll documentaries that i read is that they grew up poor almost with nothing that's right and they were uneducated but they were shrewd yes okay these were not unintelligent men but they lost control of their lives because of the intense pressure put upon celebrities and it's worse now than ever with the social media look this is just a partial list jimmy yeah. hendrick river phoenix kurt cobain princess diana heath ledger james dean prince michael jackson karen carpenter amy winehouse john belushi marilyn monroe 
It never ends. I could give you one I was just reading about today, uh, Anthony Bourdain, and how depressed and suicidal he was with all the fame and all the fortune. I was just reading today about how the celebrity chef hated his job, hated his fans. Uh, his final days were with prostitutes and drugs, and it's like these guys seem to be chasing something finite, something that is you're just kind of chasing a feeling that's a meaningless existence, so to speak. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I mean, no. there are some celebrities that survive, um, but the pressure, people don't understand it. It's a blood sport now. And, I mean, I, I'm part of it. So when I became famous in doing the O'Reilly Factor, there was a target on my back. Now, I should have known it because I was talking about politics. I wasn't singing songs. I should have known it, but I didn't. And I wasn't prepared for the hatred um, that came my way, which affected my family, affected every part of my life. All right. And so I was caught by surprise, as was Presley, not prepared. Lennon, not prepared. Ali, a little bit different because Ali sold himself to the nation of Islam. And they were the ones that exploited him uh, and ruined him. And you'll see when you when you read the book how that evolved. But it is almost impossible if you are a famous person in America today, and this extends to politics, particularly Biden and Trump. Okay, it's impossible. Every time you go out, you're being recorded. You're being photographed. You're being followed. People want to hurt you. Not all people. Most don't. When I go out in public, 95% of people are very nice to me. But there's always that 5%, as John Lennon found out, yeah. that can end it quickly. Chatting with Bill O'Reilly, uh, longtime commentator and best-selling author, Killing the Legends. It's available now. Bill, I'm reading through this chapter on John Lennon, and you mentioned the inner circle a little bit earlier. And this was fascinating to me. You have a great part in this book about George Harrison. Now, you would think a guy like George Harrison would be supportive, this great guy to his fellow bandmate. But the impression that I got, not only was George ready for the Beatles to break up, he saw the demise of the band and the demise of Lennon as an opportunity for his own financial growth. Yeah, Harrison was always the outlier. Um, you know, he was, Ringo was the drummer, but Ringo had this personality that, that transcended the band in some extent. And then, of course, McCartney and Lennon drove the creative process. And Harrison was created, but uh, Lennon diminished him, denigrated him. Um, and that was uh, one of the parts of the dissolution of the band. And, and Harrison did do well on his own when he left. But as far as the Beatles are concerned, American historians, they they're snobs, generally speaking, which is why the Killing series, the most successful nonfiction book series in history, because I'm not a snob. And they think, oh, Elvis, oh, the Beatles, we have more important things. We have to talk about Millard Fillmore. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, the way we live today was shaped by these three men, particularly in the African-American community with Ali. And that has just been ignored but what's even more frightening to me, and, and the most important part of this book is, our leadership today is under the same kind of pressure. I mean, Donald Trump is the best example. He loves being a celebrity, and, and he can't stop being one. Every, he has to be in the center of attention all the time. That has hurt him. It has hurt him. Maybe he doesn't even know it, 
but it has. Joe Biden sold out every single principle he had, every one, in order to get the nomination to be president. The progressives said, you need to do this, and he did it, which totally went against what he did and said when he was a senator. He did it for fame and celebrity. And I'll submit to you, but both of those men are getting crushed by this phenomenon. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine the amount of pressure. You know Donald Trump. You've interviewed him. You've went on speaking tours with him since his, his, his administration ended. But I imagine the amount of pressure. You talk about pressure and a spotlight uh, during the height of the pandemic where he – I mean, I, I can imagine the pressure that he and VP Pence were under and the constant spotlight and, the, and, the constant, and those daily three-hour press conferences. Look, well, you sign on yes. for the job, yes. and you know what the job entails. What Donald Trump, Bill O'Reilly, Joe Biden, every single human being who's ever become famous don't understand – is the emotional whack, the daily emotional hit that you take. And many people can't handle it, so they turn to drugs. The Beatles broke up because John Lennon became a heroin addict. That's why they broke up. That had not been reported. It's a prominent part of killing the legends. Why? Why would you do this? Why would you take such a self-destructive act? Elvis Presley, you look at him in 1967 when he did the comeback special on NBC. There he is in his leather outfit. He's looking great, sounding great. Ten years later, if you look at him, is this the same human being? Early 40s. Could he not have mirrors in Graceland? Could he not see (laughs) what he was doing to himself? And this is what I'm trying to get across. Did he not care? I don't know whether I'm not a psychiatrist, but yeah. the situation gets out of control fast, fast. So I, I have said many times to President Trump, you don't need to fight all these fights. You don't need to be in the spotlight every second. That is hurting you. It's hurting your ability to think. It's hurting your ability to interact with other people. You, you know, just choose your battles. Choose them. And But, you know, when you get into that adrenaline rush of celebrity, that's the most powerful narcotic of all. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com and uh, author of the new book, Killing the Legends. We're going to hold you over for one more segment. Definitely want to ask you about the midterms and possibly uh, what you see happening in 2024 with Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and, and maybe even Ron DeSantis. More Bill O'Reilly next on the Hammer and Nigel Show. And away we go. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Back to the DriveHubler.com hotline with Bill O'Reilly. The new book, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity, covering the deaths of John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and Muhammad Ali. Bill, talking about Muhammad Ali here, I think the closest thing for a lot of people here in Indianapolis that they can relate to was the prime of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was a Super Bowl winner. He hosted Saturday Night Live. He's a most valuable player. He does every single commercial on the biggest sport in the world. This was a guy that could not go anywhere in Indianapolis without somebody wanting a picture, doing a video, things like that. But it seemed like 
Peyton was one of those guys that kind of embraced it. He didn't really have too many people that hated him. It was the total opposite effect here in Indianapolis. So is it easier to be a celebrity of that stature now? Even though there's more video cameras and social media and you could argue drugs now than there were back when Elvis was around, Muhammad Ali was around, is it easier to be a celebrity now? No. And the reason that Peyton and Eli Manning have fielded their celebrity so well is because of their father, Archie Manning. Mm. And Archie Manning and his wife, Olivia, from the very beginning knew that their boys were going to be sports superstars. And so they were raised to learn how to cope with that. And they have succeeded. We don't know internally you know, what goes on, but certainly Peyton and, and Eli Manning have handled themselves well. Well, Elvis Presley didn't have that. John Lennon didn't even have a mom and dad. I mean, they were paying attention to him. Ali, chaotic upbringing. So they didn't have any of that. They had to bring in outsiders to help them get through life, and the outsiders, most of them betrayed them. That's the key. Now, today... Um, if you are a celebrity, you have absolutely no privacy at all, none. You, you mentioned uh, Peyton Manning. What about Tom Brady? So Tom Brady, I know him. He's very smart, okay, and he's not some kind of guy who's going to do crazy stuff, but he makes the mistake of putting his family and personal life in the press all the time. And now it's boomeranged on him. Because you can't play that. You can't play the Kardashian game, the J-Lo game, and survive it. They're coming for you. I mean, in my case, I've, got, I've spent millions of dollars on attorneys to protect me. And I don't go. I can't go to uh, Indianapolis and watch the Colts and sit in the stands. I'd have to sit with you guys in the luxury box. That's right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But I can't. But I've it, noticed, and one of the things I've noticed about you is I don't know what your kids look like. I know you have one maybe uh, looking at them, colleges or, or, yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, I keep them like out that. of yeah. the public eye. Exactly. And then, absolutely. And they are trained. They're both in college. One's in law school, one's in college. But they have been trained, and, and they have seen what, that, what happened to me, and they love me, and they, they know how – insane it was but they know okay the danger so the danger has been processed in the o'reilly household but in lennon and presley and ali's world that danger was never fully realized they didn't understand how to cope with it and it destroyed them marilyn monroe Another yep. perfect example. Just a couple more minutes here with Bill O'Reilly, uh, the new book, Killing the Legends, the Lethal Danger of Celebrity. Uh, we're a few weeks away from the midterms. Uh, first, there was going to be a red wave. Then the summer kind of took over, and there was going to be, you know, now that you look like Joe Biden's getting some decent polling, and now we're back to the red wave again, I feel like, Bill. Um, I, I think you're going to see big seat turnovers in the House. What about the Senate? What are you seeing uh midterms well it's still undefined in the senate i think you're right yeah. about the house big time uh republican uh victory in the house of representative but the problem with the senate is that there are a lot of bad candidates on both parties in both parties 
and and you know when you run a state race the national media doesn't really lock into um, what's happening on a daily basis I can't cover what's happening in New Hampshire and Arizona I mean I just don't have time when I do the no spin news every night uh, and you can get that on BillOReilly.com we basically are doing the overarch of what the trends are but there is no question that the Biden administration has destroyed the American economy yeah. I mean think back two years we had the most vibrant economy in modern times, energy independent, 1.3% inflation. Just two years ago, this guy gets in and everything is out of whack. You would think that people would vote their own self-interest and say, you know what? This progressive Democratic Party is not cutting it. And I don't care who's running on the other side. I'm not going to vote for them. No way, uh, no way, Joe Biden's running in 2024, right? No, I said that a year ago. Yeah. I think I told you guys that <laughs> you when, I was, when we were promoting killing the killers. I think I got, I told you guys that. There's just no way he's going to run. And he hedged on 60 Minutes. You saw it. He knows yeah. he can't run. He's barely. He may not make the next two years. You might see a resignation for health reasons. That's how bad this man is performing. And then the key is the uh, Republicans in 2024. Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be DeSantis? Are we going to see a GOP primary? I want to see a primary. I'm all for a primary in that case if they both decide to run. Do you? You're not getting it. No? Never happened. Look, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, be reelected in November. Yep. He's 44 years old. All right, he's not going after Donald Trump and alienating all of those MAGA people because if you primary Trump, you go to attack Trump. Have to. There's no other way to do it. All right, so what could happen would be that Trump goes to DeSantis and says, you want to be number two, and in four years you walk into the White House. I think DeSantis would take that deal. He'd have to leave Florida as a resident, but he just drives up to southern Georgia, gets an apartment, and there you go. Okay? So a Trump-DeSantis ticket 24, pretty powerful. Yeah. And that is what I see. But Donald Trump is not predictable. Uh, You can't even say he's going to run because you don't know what's going to happen. DeSantis is setting up his run. But I don't think he'll go up against Trump if Trump decides to go in. Killing the Legends, the uh, very latest from Bill O'Reilly, author of 18 number one bestsellers. I'll be uh, finished with the book this weekend, Bill. And you're welcome back anytime. We'd love to have you uh, a little bit when the primary is. We'll talk again before the midterms. And I really appreciate you guys reading the book. It's very nice of you to do it. All right. Have a great week, Bill. Okay, bye. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.